Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Oxford Baptist Church. We pray you'll be blessed as you apply these truths to your life. Well, good morning, church. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful day. Thank God for the United States of America. Amen. Uh, it has been my privilege to travel so many places in this world. Uh, I've had the opportunities to preach on about five continents. It's just been awesome. And uh, I'll tell you this. Everywhere I've gone, I've found some things that are the same. Children are the same. They need somebody to reach out and touch them, and they need somebody to love them, and they like to play. Amen? I was in South America, and we were building a, a little church in the jungles of, uh, of Brazil, and uh, we had come and emptied a great big pile of sand so that we could make some concrete, a whole dump truck full. It took him a while to find us and get there. And uh, we had built a scaffold. And uh, the little children had come. And you know me already. I love children. I had a lot of fun with them. And so I'm standing on the scaffold, and all the little children are out there looking uh, at Brother Ronnie. And uh, I just told this morning, I said, this morning I'm going to show you something awesome. And they looked, and I just jumped, and I landed in the sand up to my waist. Just boom, I went down. Of course, they fell over the ground laughing hysterically. And I told them through the translator, I was showing them the principle of gravity. You know, children uh, are just absolutely wonderful. Uh, I loved Australia. Uh, have you ever been to Australia, some of you? Uh, Australia was a, it was a beautiful place to live. Uh, they just talk really different there. And there's a lot of strange things there. But I loved, uh, I loved where, I, where I was. Incidentally, you may remember this in history, that when we, had, we declared our independence, Georgia was a penal state. Did you know that? In Georgia is where they kind of housed, uh, 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 well, it was a prison place. And they didn't have that anymore after the uh, independence came. And so they took all the prisoners... Uh, to Sydney, a harbor in Australia. And there they carved out what is called the rocks. And they had little naves there where they built uh, places to house the prisoners. And uh, when you go there, they're still there, but they're gift shops in there now, uh, not prisoners. Uh, I enjoyed the Barrier Reef, the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, I Really enjoyed going. Uh, I've been to every Greek island, larger islands, and uh, it was. It was. I, I got to thinking about one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the Colossus at Rhodes. I've been to Rhodes. Uh, I have been to uh, Egypt on several occasions, and I've stood there and looked at Cheops or Curfew, and wow, uh, it just blows your mind to think that. Uh, the children of Israel in bondage uh, helped build those pyramids. Uh, that's uh, 2500 B.C. Uh, and then you look at the Sphinx. The Sphinx, 2540 B.C. Incidentally, the Sphinx has uh, the face of a woman and the body of a lion. And that puts together all 12 of the constellations. The first constellation is Virgo the Virgin, and the last constellation is Leo the Lion. So they didn't really know what they were doing back then, but they had uh, Mary and Joseph all in one. It's amazing. Uh, I have seen so many wonderful sights. I did not get to see 
uh, parts of where uh, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon once used to be because of not being able to travel in that part of the world when I was there. Uh, I've got opportunities. I preached in the downtown church in Moscow. Uh, just this morning at 6.30, I received a call from Belarusia. Uh, Ron Counselor is there in the church that we helped build uh, in the 80s. Uh, uh, and it's just absolutely wonderful. And they said, they want you to come back, Brother Ronnie. When are you coming back? And I said, wow, I don't know. That's a long way from here, right? It really is. Uh, it, when you stop and think about it, the, the world is so beautiful. Uh, I, I was in awe first time I saw Niagara Falls. You ever, your mouth just opens up. You've seen it on film. and Oh, have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Oh, wow. You know, you just walk out there, look over the rail, and you go, whoo, man, that is a long way down. It's absolutely the most beautiful thing to see and behold. But I'll just tell you this. Of all the places I've ever been, of all the places I've ever visited, the really beautiful place that I love is a good old United States of America. Amen? And I don't want to demean any place. I love Alabama. I love Florida. I used to live in Alabama. I lived in Florida. I've even lived in close to South Carolina. I've lived in Baltimore, Maryland. Bam, 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 bam. But I just sure do love Georgia. I really do. When I played football uh, in uh, Maryland, uh, the cheerleaders used to cheer. When I'd make a touchdown, uh, you know what they would say? They'd jump up and down with their little pom-poms and say, Go, Peaches, go! Because uh, they knew I was, a, I was their Georgia peach. And, uh, 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 but I'm just going to tell you something. Now, I love Georgia, don't you? Think about Georgia just for a moment. We got mountains. Uh, we got Brass, Brass Town Mall. When you get up there, it's about a mile high. And you come all the way down through Georgia, you've got the mountains, and then you've got this beautiful land, and you're going down to the farmland, and then you get on over towards the coast, and wow, we got it all. I just love living in Georgia. I'm kind of like Dorothy and Toto. There's just no place like home. Amen? I'm glad to see our visitors coming back, and travelers. Thank you. I'm glad you had to save traveling mercies, and I hear the traffic in Kentucky is horrible, and uh, uh, you're just going to know that we got a lot of people still traveling, so we're going to pray for them. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, the Gospel of John. I'm not going to keep you long. I'm going to talk about the ship of faith. Uh, God's got all kinds of ships. The fleet of faith in uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, we've got the fleet of faith, His sonship. We've got fellowship, we've got fellowship, and we've got stewardship. He's got a whole fleet. And I'm going to start off this morning talking to you about the fleet of faith, sonship. Have you ever said to yourself or thought, man, I'd like to start over? I'd like to begin again. Well, I want to tell you something. Uh, that is a possibility and a reality. Jesus Christ is absolutely the... God, not only of forgiveness, but of new beginnings. Amen? He really is. All right, listen. We're going to read from John chapter 3, and we're going to begin with uh, verse 1. If I ever write a Bible, I'm going to have big words in it. I got one at home, but I've been ashamed to bring it, but I'm thinking about bringing it. It's, it's kind of big, 
But I'm going to tell you something. I can really read it well. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him and said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel, and I say unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the celebration of this great nation. And now, Father, I pray that we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless us as we share this morning. And I pray, God, that your Spirit would move in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I believe there's really hope for America. I really do. But I believe that if we're really going to get back to where we ought to be, we've got to get on the ship. We've got to get on God's ship, the ship of sonship. We need to know that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Romans 8, 14, 16. We all need to be on the sonship. That's God's design for every man and woman and every boy and girl. That's God's design for our nation. As you saw earlier, the testimonies of some of the founding fathers of this country, uh, they would mention God. I do want to tell you, though, that most of them were deist. Uh, they do mention God, but they do not mention Jesus Christ simply because they believed that there was a God and there was a Creator, but many of them did not believe that you could have a personal relationship with this God. Deism means that they believe that God created the world and that God is sovereign, God is omnipotent, all the things that you and I believe. But the one thing missing is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that God created the world and then drew back from it. And now we have to live out our experience and work out our own salvation. Uh, that's deism in a nutshell. I'm just going to tell you that I really believe that God wants us to know Him personally. Amen? He gave us this beautiful world to see. When you look at a beautiful sight and when you visit this beautiful country and you go around the world, the one thing that should grip you in your soul and in your heart is there's got to be someone or something behind all of this order and all of this beauty. And you're right. It is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God sent Him personally to you and me. Uh, Romans chapter 1, Paul says that, that He is our marker. Uh, he is the one that absolutely God wants us to run into in this life. There are a lot of things to see. 
But God says we all must come to Calvary and look at the cross and Christ hanging upon it, bearing in his body your sins and mine on the tree. Uh, that's the one sight that we need to see. And then we also need to see the empty tomb. Now, to get on this sonship, we've got to walk across the gangway of repentance, and we've got to go through the door of faith. Now, the Bible tells us that for we are saved by faith, and not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, it is God's faith that comes and troubles your spirit. It is God's faith that comes and gives you the impetus, the the absolute desire to know Him and to want Him. And then the Bible says once we have the Spirit of God tugging in our heart, we repent of our sins. And then we, through faith that God has given us and through repentance that God has allowed us, we just get on the sonship. Amen? Get on the sonship. There's nothing like being on the sonship. Now, there's a lot of things I don't know, but there's one thing I do know. I'm on board. I'm on board the sonship because Jesus Christ died for me, uh, revealed himself to me. The Spirit of God tugged at my heart. I repented of my sin, and I've been following him on the sonship. Now, new birth uh, comes only as Jesus said, you must be born again. Now, there are three words for born again. It's amazing, really. Uh, Being born again. Uh, Again means a second time. Again means from above. Again means the first time. It's just awesome. Uh, How can this be, be born again? Well, Jesus Christ told Nicodemus, man, if you're going to get on the sonship, you've got to have a new birth. And this is a spiritual birth. A spiritual birth. When Jesus Christ comes himself personally to tug at your heart strings. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The new birth then is a spiritual birth. And it's not a makeover either. It's really not. The new birth changes you. Paul said in Second Corinthians in 5.17, Therefore, if a man be in Christ Jesus, what? He is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. But let me tell you something. When you do it God's way, and you get on the sonship, you become a new person. You become a new person. Isn't that neat? <laughs> you really are. You're a new person. I remember when I accepted Jesus Christ and the environment where I worked. It was just kind of difficult uh, because they knew me so thoroughly. I'd been there for so long. And they saw the change that Christ made in my life. I became a new person. Uh, My language changed. The new birth is by the will of God. And He came and changed me, His own will, uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know what? You know, the Jews had a baptism. And if you read the Old Testament, everything they used in the temple, they brought through the waters. They baptized it, and when they did that, it was separated uh, for the use of God in the temple. But we've been separated not by water. We've been separated by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? We really have. The new birth is mediated by Jesus Christ and Christ alone. He came and shed that blood that we might be saved through His blood. 
Peter says it this way, For as much as you know that you've not been redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, and I just want you to know you've been changed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without spot or blemish. I'm telling you, uh, we've been changed because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen to this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He came down from heaven. He is timeless. He came to give us everlasting life for Say it with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm going to tell you this morning that if you have received Christ Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, the Spirit of God has called you and you've gotten on board the Sonship. Welcome aboard. Amen? Welcome aboard. Listen, several things happen. You get a new attitude. You get a new actions in your life. Uh, the Bible says we don't commit sin anymore. And people say, oh, does that mean we're perfect? No, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means that you need to understand. And incidentally, that word commit sin, it means continuously commit sin. You don't willfully do that anymore. Uh, doesn't mean you're perfect, because right after that we get John. Uh, first John tells us if we say we have no sin, what? Huh? You're what? Mm. Well, I don't want to be a liar, but I want to tell you, uh, I'm not perfect. We do mess up, don't we? Huh? Oh, yeah. I remember I had uh, Dr. Huckabee in a uh, conference, and uh, he, was, he was telling us about a character and about sin. And he says, when you're all alone by yourself and you're working on your grandchild's uh, little carriage and you've got one little nail to drive and you draw back and hit your thumb, what you say uh, reflects your character. You know, I said, oh, I, I can identify with that. I remember one time when I was with the Georgia Power Company, and uh, we had some, we call them snatch blocks, these big blocks where you pull wire through. And some of the bigger ones are unbelievable. They, they have such bearings in them that are sealed, you can't even hear them turn. And uh, I was not my day in the bucket, so I was working on the ground crew, and I had one ready to go up uh, the hand line. And I had it sitting there on the side of the trailer, and I was just spinning it. As a matter of fact, I was going to time it and see how long it would spin. Just, you couldn't hear it. And so I forgot about it, and I went and got me a drink of water. And, and uh, uh, Larry McDaniel says, all right, I'm ready for that snatch block, Ronnie. And I reached over to pick it up. Boom! And it was still spinning. Just took my thumbnail right off. Oh, man! You know, it just, it just went all through me. And I went over to the water keg, and I put that cold water on it. And, of course, I hadn't been a Christian long, and so all the crew were looking at me. And I remember listening to a man preach a sermon one time, and it kind of came back to me. And I said, praise God. 
And I remember Larry said, what did you say that for? I said, look how much you got left. You know. <laughs> Listen, I just want to tell you that when you get on the sonship, things change. It really does. Everything begins to change. Not only do we have a new attitude, new actions, but we have a new love in our heart. Amen? We do. We have a new love in our heart. Uh, Beloved, love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God. Uh, Jesus said, uh, love one another. Uh, Keep my commandments that you love one another. A lot of things change when you get on the sonship. Now, here's what's got me perplexed. Here's what's got me troubled about our great nation. Somehow, something has happened. I know the old ship of Zion is always going to be going in the right direction because God is its uh, captain. But somehow I feel like that maybe, maybe some of us have gotten off the sunship in our minds. Maybe we have moved. I don't know. We've got to understand that uh, being on the sonship is the most important thing we can do in our life. Uh, we've got to not only act like it, uh, we've got to be like it all the time. This nation needs to see a better example. This nation needs to understand what it's like to have commitment and love and a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I know a lot of people are making a lot of statements about what's going on today, and I've never been political from the pulpit. Let me just tell you the things I believe. I believe that you ought to pray, you ought to do your own research, and then you go and vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I don't tell my wife who to vote for. I'm just going to tell you that we need to make sure that when we vote, that we have done our homework and that we have prayed up and that we make a vote that is conducive to our spirit and our heart. We we have to do that. But I'll tell you, we need to make sure that our nation keeps going in the right direction. We need to make sure that we do things that reflect wisdom and commitment. There's a lot of things wrong. Man, I'm going to tell you, if I were to start listing things that trouble me, we'd be here past lunchtime, and I don't want to do that. But I am going to tell you that things have changed so radically in my lifetime until I'm absolutely in a time warp. It's just unbelievable. But when I was a kid and we watched, well, I didn't have a television, but when we finally got one and we watched those old television shows, Ozzie and Harriet, you remember that? Ozzie and Harriet slept in twin beds with pajamas on, with a table and lamp between the two beds. Boy, that... Things have kind of changed, haven't they? Uh, The language that is used is unbelievable. You know, where are we going in this culture? Uh, I've chosen not to do some things. And, you know, and I know that you've made some of the same choices yourself. Uh, we're, We're not trapped in this culture. We're pilgrims in this culture. And we're passing through. But I'm on the sonship. And that doesn't mean I'm going to be so absolutely esoteric with my group that I'm not going to be willing to reach out to those who really are sinking and need a life preserver thrown to them. This world needs a great giant life preserver. And you and I are on the sonship, and we can throw them the lifeline. And the lifeline 
is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The lifeline is an absolute evidence that we've been changed by the power of God. The lifeline that we throw is a lifeline that they absolutely need. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the answer? Oh, I do, and I know you do too, or you wouldn't be here. So let's don't keep it, let's reveal it. Reveal it in how we speak, how we act. We're on the sonship. I know that most of us are here. We've got through that gangway of faith and repentance. I believe that with all my heart. There may be some here that haven't. I'm going to ask you to give your life to Christ at the end of this service and come and be on the sonship. Know that you are a child of God. Beloved, listen. Everything needs to change about things that are not godly. Sonship has a wonderful freedom attached to it. The spirit of our, uh, our parent and God and the new life. Listen, when you just stop and think about it, we have a whole new guide in life. I was reading an article once about a young man who was taking a voyage across the sea when it was a ship, kind of like the one that's in our background. He asked the captain, could he come on top? on the deck for a while and talk to people. I said, oh, yeah, well, don't make yourself obnoxious, but you can ask any question you want to. So he's standing there uh, by the helmsman, and uh, every once in a while, uh, this man would climb up that large, tall center mast and call out a bearing, and uh, they would then make a course correction. And the young man asked this question that many of us might want to ask. He said, uh, let me ask you a question. He said, you've got... Uh, the course right here, why do you have one calling you out the course from up there? He said, because that's the true course. He said, this one down here is affected by all the metal and this lower part of the ship, and magnetically it, it can be off a few degrees, but that one up there is out of the pull of the magnetism of all of the metal, and it just gives us a purer, clearer reading. And he said, oh. And I got to thinking, man, uh, our compass down here can get off course, can't it? There, there's so much confusion and things that are going on. We can absolutely get off compass. And we need to go up up there and get a new reading. And I'll tell you, God is never, ever going to give us a wrong reading. The Spirit fills the sails of our life with His power and directs the impulses of our life to take the higher road. He's never going to lead us astray. He's always going to call it just like it is, and he's going to give us the right reading. On the sonship, we can always look up and know that our Heavenly Father is out of all this mess. He's absolutely not not going to give us a reading that is confusing or complex. He's going to just give us a simple uh, command, uh, love one another. Uh, You're a new creature in Christ. Live like it. Share the good news of Jesus Christ. Be a witness. Be strong. And know, and, and listen to the half-brother of our Lord James. Uh, no matter when the devil comes, no matter what arises, no matter what happens, just stand. Take your stand. And when you do, man, on the sonship, it just makes a total difference. Not only in your life, but in the life of others with whom we come in contact. The Spirit of God will always lead us in not doing what we like, 
but liking what God's doing. And I think that's important. You know, sometimes we would like things to do this and that, and I don't want to do it. But, oh, we need to get in on what God's up to. Amen? Dr. Blackaby said that in one of his conferences. You just need to get in on what God's up to. Well, I'll tell you what God's up to. On the sonship, he's up to telling us the right way to live our life. He's showing us in his word how to move. Not only how to think, but how to walk, how to act. Walk worthy of your vocation. Let other people see the difference that Christ has made in your life. Just make sure that you stay on the sonship. The Spirit just absolutely comes and stamps us on the sonship with an an undeniable identity. We, We don't even sometimes understand how that identity is even transmitted to others. But when you're close to Him, when you're, when you're absolutely close to Him, and, oh, listen, things happen. I remember one time I was in Houston, Texas. I had worked really hard, and uh, we had gone through some interesting times, and the deacons in, in our church came to me and said, uh, Dr. Spillers, we got something we want to share with you. I said, what is it? He said, we've got your hotel reservations and plane tickets to Houston. I was in Fort Worth. And they said, uh, uh, we've just got it all booked for you. I said, what? And usually, you know, I, when deacons come in a little group like that, par- preachers get paranoid. You know? And he said, uh, incidentally, he said, they're playing the Atlanta Braves, uh, and we wanted you to go watch the Houston Astros beat them. And so went down there, just having a good time, rode down on the plane. I told you all, when I ride on the plane, when I was out, in, I'd always look like Clint Black. I like Clint Black. I had on my blue jeans and my hat and my jacket. and We went to eat lunch uh, when we got down there at a place I've, I've, never, I've never been in a place quite like that. And we were the only ones there. We were the earliest couple there. So I went in and he sat us down to the Mater D and here come my waiter, young man, really nice looking young man. And uh, he said, uh, what would you like to drink? And I, of course, I'm a water drinker. Now, the reason I am is because growing up, we lived in the country. We didn't have any Coca-Cola. And my daddy said, if God wanted you to drink Coca-Cola, he'd have made streams of Coca-Cola. And that's why we never asked for a Coca-Cola, you know. And so I, I said, I want some water. And uh, so they brought me some water. And he looked at me and, and looked at my wife. And he said, may I ask you a question? I said, certainly. He said, are you a preacher? Say what? I mean, I look, I look like Clint Black. You know, and uh, I said, a preacher. Well, yeah, I am. And he said, there's nobody in here but just us right now. He pulled a chair and said, may I sit here? I, I, and he, tears came in his eyes. And he sat there. To make a long story short, he was so confused. He'd been going to college and, and in philosophy, and they had just messed him up. And he just, he just really wanted to know how to... Well, what was this all about? The manager came in. He came over and said, I said, sir, give us just a few minutes. There's nobody else in here. He said, well, okay. He's not bothering you. I said, no, not at all. 
Anyway, we sat there and prayed with that young man, and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. He said, you know what? I never thought in a million years that I'd run into a preacher in this line of work. Now, I don't want to tell you this because I'm a preacher, but the only place they had open at that time was in the bar. And I was in a booth in the bar, Baptist preacher. Didn't drink anything but water. But God used me. God used me. You know, and how, how, how do you know that anybody can look? Does, does preachers have a different smell? Huh? Oh, you're a Baptist preacher. Yeah. How do you know? Huh? Now you drink water. That's right. Well, let, let me just say something to you. And I know this is a far-fetched thought. But anything new smells good, don't it? Have you ever gone into a new car? As a matter of fact, you can buy a freshener to go in your car. It's called a new car air freshener. You can put it in your old 1992 Chevrolet R4, and it smells good. You know, I don't know. I'm just going to tell you this. I just know when the Spirit of God is in you and you're squarely on the sonship, Things are different. God knows. Listen, this world needs a different answer. This world needs someone to tell people that Jesus Christ can change their life, change their predicament, change everything about them. It's just real. Uh, Just get on the sonship. Amen? Make sure you stay square on the sonship. uh, And... I guarantee you, God will bless you. Uh, You won't have to worry about witnessing to somebody. He'll send somebody to you. And He already has. Many of you, every one of you, have a story of how the Lord has used you in unbelievable places. It just works. It just works. It really does. Uh, This weekend has been interesting for us. Uh, It's just been... Uh, people knocking at my door, uh, calling and saying, Are, is this where you live? Yes. And hadn't seen them in years. Actually uh, talked to them on the phone, crying. They just wanted to come and pray with us. and needed help. It's amazing. I got an electric gate up there. You know, uh, I, I know that we don't want to build a wall, but I got one. I had so many unwanted guests come down my driveway, we finally had to do it. Don't like it, but we hadn't had any more unwanted guests. Well, we had two deer and a possum. But but I'm just going to tell you that when you have given your life to Christ and you just are on that sonship with a new attitude, a, a newness of life, with the Spirit of God leading you and you're going to headquarters to get your orders, and you've got a higher compass, I guarantee you we can make a difference. I really believe that. You have been making a difference, and collectively together we can continue to make a difference for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'd like to see everybody on the sunship, wouldn't you? Oh, really, I, I really would. I'd like to see Congress have a crusade, you know. Not one of battling different ideologies. Uh, I'd like to see them have a crusade. I'd like to see Charles Billingsley up there leading music. You know, 
Uh, I really would. And I, I would like to preach there. I have preached for a Senate and the, the House, but uh, it would be really interesting to, to have a crusade in Congress, wouldn't it? Uh, could that happen? I don't know. I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. Oxford Baptist Church, we could join our hands of faith together, and we could make a difference right here. We can't do everything, but we can do some things. We can't go everywhere, but we can go somewhere. We absolutely, on the sonship, can make a difference in this, in this world. We can. Amen? All right, in a moment, I'm going to give an invitation. If you're here, maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ, but you haven't followed Him in believer's baptism, I'm going to ask you to come forward and say, I've accepted Christ. There may be some of you here this morning, and you'd like to be a part of this beautiful church. Lovely people. We're going to ask you to come. And if you are visiting, we want you to eat with us. Amen? We do. But Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, do you believe that uh, this culture in this culture is really in crises right now. It is. We need to pray, and we need to stand up for Jesus Christ. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. We pray God will use this message for His glory in your life. If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at info at oxfordbaptistchurch.com. Oxford Baptist Church is located in Oxford, Georgia. If you're close, we'd love to meet you.